0: Well, we are learning about one-anothering and what this means to, to have this whole approach of one-another and what we would do to one-another. And We are going to be looking at a total of seven one-anothers when we finish this. And so what we've already looked at is we've looked at encourage one-another. That, that we would be people that we would speak life into others by encouraging one-another. That, that what happens when, when we encourage others is that encouragement, it, it attacks Negativity. And and we all have plenty of negativity in our lives, and and discouragement, it it feeds the negativity. And so when we encourage one another, we are actually defeating that negativity that happens. That when we encourage others, that 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 encouragement is something that actually builds courage in the life of others. That it actually empowers people with courage, and that's the value of encouraging others. You don't have to have the, the gift of encouragement. To give the gift of encouragement. And so encouragement, it is, it is powerful and it's something that has enormous potential. And So we spent a, a whole week talking about, hey, what, what could happen if we would encourage one another? And it's one of these mandates that we find in Scripture of how we should be treating and doing life with each other is by encouraging one another. Last week we looked at love one another. That we would love each other. that This is something that we would do. That, that many of us, when, when we're very young, that, that we got to hear this. God loves you. That, that once you know about God's love, that, that you want to let others know. And, and it's very easy to start letting children know that God loves you. We'll, we'll even add this to it. That God loves you no matter what. No matter what you've done. No matter where you've been. No matter who you've been with. We just say God loves you. We, we want people to know that God loves you. And as a kid, that's easy to begin to, to grasp and believe, but as we get into our adult life, it becomes a little challenging at times for people to believe that God loves them. And in my opinion, I think the number one reason of why people struggle with believing that God loves them is because they don't see the people of God loving them. And that if we, the people of God, if we would love others. It's going to make it so much easier for them to believe that God loves them. That Jesus had something pretty, pretty significant to say about loving one another. In fact, before he even said love one another, he prefaced it by saying this, a new commandment I give you. That, that he's just set it up to go, hey, I'm getting ready to, I'm, I'm commit. this is what you need to do. It's the only time that we see Jesus saying, I'm going to give you a new command. And, and he says, a new command I give you, and this new command is that you would love each other. You would love one another, that you would do this. And he says, just as I have loved you. And when we see how Jesus loves us, we, we see that Jesus, he loves us, and he loves us unconditionally. We see that Jesus loves us sacrificially. We see that Jesus loves us eternally. And he says, love just as I have loved you. But the thing about love that, that can be tough for us is that, that love, it, it isn't always logical. That, that, that it's easy for us to convince ourselves, well, I don't need to love you. because." And, and it's, not, it's not always logical. That love, it's not always emotional. That, that we don't always have this feeling that we feel something back, or that we feel something for when we love. That, that love, it's, it's not always practical. It's not always that it's convenient, it's easy for me to do the right. It, it's not always practical. Maybe the toughest one of them all for us is it's not always reciprocal. It, it, it doesn't always come back to us when we give love out. And so love, it's not always these things. But it is always needed. And so we've been given this command that, that we would love one another. And for those of us that, that we've been reading our Bibles and studying that for a long time, we've been a believer and we've grown up in our, in our faith, that, that, that we're tempted at times to, to ask ourselves this question, well, what, what does the Bible say? And it's and a good question to ask, and I certainly don't want to discourage anybody from asking the question, what does the Bible say? But I think when it comes to loving others, there might be a better question. And, and I think that better question that we could be asking is, what does love require of me? That, that, if, that if I'm going to love others and I've been commanded to love, then what does love require of me? That that is a much better question for us to be asking when it comes to loving one another. And today, we're going to look at another one another, and that is pray for one another. That, that, that this is something that, that we should be doing. It is a mandate in Scripture that we would be praying for one another. That one of the great things about finding Christian community, about finding community with, with other believers, is that other believers pray for. One another. That, that, that praying for others is actually a pattern that we find all throughout Scripture. And, and for, for many people, and, and some of these people that are praying aren't even necessarily Christ followers that, that are praying. Some, some of the people that, that are praying, they're just kind of believing there's someone, something out there that might be hearing them, and so they pray. But even many Christ followers, what their prayer life often looks like when it comes to praying for others looks something like this. That, that, that we end up praying for somebody else when it comes to either getting employment or getting a raise or getting a promotion, that we'll pray for that. That, that we'll pray for others when we find out that their transportation is a little rocky and it's not, not necessarily reliable. And so we'll pray. We'll, we'll pray that, that they will have that reliable transportation. When, when we find out about somebody and what they're dealing with uh, with a health issue, that we'll, we'll pray, God, God, would you heal them? Would you give them recovery with what it is that they are dealing with? That, that we pray for this. That, that we'll also pray, And God, would you would you keep them safe? Maybe they're going to be away from us. Maybe they're going to be traveling. And, and so we do. We, we pray these kind of prayers. And there, there's certainly nothing wrong with praying those prayers. It's good to be praying for those things. But yet when we look in Scripture, we see that, that so many times that people are praying for others on a much deeper level yes they would be including praying that they'll be able to provide and praying that they'll be able to have that transportation that they need they're praying for their their health they're they're praying to keep them safe but they're also praying on a much deeper level and so I I want us to begin to explore what what does that look like and how is it that that we could be praying for others when when I just kind of look at a few different people in our Bible, in, in the way that, that they prayed for others, uh, Moses is one that comes to mind. That, that Moses and how he, how he prayed for others. That there was a time that, that God used Moses and he led out these, these million plus people out of captivity. that They'd been captive for over 400 years in Egypt and he led them out and, and they have been led out and, and, and now they're kind of in the wilderness and they're not sure where they need to turn to next. And, and they just start worshiping. They create a false idol and they begin to worship that idol. And, and with that, God is furious and he's fed up and, and he let Moses know, I'm going to wipe them out. And what does Moses do? Moses spends 40 days and 40 nights pleading with God that God would not wipe them out, that he would forgive them. That's how he prayed for them. Daniel, another person in our Bible and he's a standout figure because he's somebody that, that he was challenged to. You have to eat this way and you can't eat that way. And then you have to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar, the, this, this king, this manly king. And, and he wouldn't bow down. And they said, if you don't bow down, we're going to put you in a pit with the lion. And, you know, that you're going to be devoured. And he didn't bow down and the lion didn't eat him. But he, he prayed. And, and he prayed to God. And what he prayed he said, God, will, will you set your people free from captivity? And as he's praying this prayer, that people have become captive again because their hearts had turned far from God. And this was God's way of getting their attention and allowing them to be captive. And he says, "Will you, will you set the people free from captivity. One of the major prophets in our Bible in the Old Testament, Isaiah. And, and, and one of the ways that, that he prayed, and, and you might not think when you hear this prayer that that's a praying for one another. But, but he prayed this. He prayed, send me. That was his prayer. Send, send, send me, God. But see, the context before he ever said that is that God is saying, well, whom shall I send? Who, who, whom can I send out as my messenger to be able to go and share with the people? And Isaiah is praying for the people by saying, God, send me, I, I'll be your messenger and I'll go to the people. When I think about Jesus and, and the, some of the ways that, that Jesus prayed for others, That he prayed for others and he prayed that that they would have faith, that they would have a belief in him. That they would really know their heavenly father by by knowing him. That Jesus, he also prayed that that people would resist temptation. That they would be strong enough that that as temptation comes, that they would have a strong desire to live for their heavenly father to please him. That, That Jesus, he prayed for the unity of believers that the, the believers that, that we would be not divided, we have too many divided believers, and, and he'd be praying and said, God, God give them unity, give them, give them one heart, that he would pray for this. He prayed for people to be restored back to God. When I think about the way that Paul in our Bible, the way that he prayed, Paul's a pretty standout figure. He wrote, we, we often say, half of the New Testament because he wrote 13 of the 27 books in our New Testament. And Paul, he would, he, he would pray for others. And one of the ways that he would pray for others is he prayed that, that people would know God through Jesus. That, that during the life and times of Paul and his ministry, that many of the people that, that he was trying to minister to and trying to help teach and guide were people that they were alive when Jesus was on earth. And he prayed that they would know God through Jesus. That, that Paul prayed that, that people, that, that they would respond to the power of the Holy Spirit living in them that they would follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He prayed for believers to to, to live on the right path, to take the right path, to stay on the right path. That that he prayed for this. He, He prayed for the believers that they would have discernment, that they would understand what they should do and that they would do it. He prayed that all people, that they would be grounded and rooted in love. That these are just some of the ways that, that when we look at Scripture and see some of the ways that, that people were being prayed for, that these are the way that they were prayed for. And so we should be praying for one another, that we would do this, to pray for one another. And so some of us might go, well, why? Why should I pray for one another? And so I want to answer this question Why should we pray for one another? that that what is it that that happens? And so praying for one another, that one of the things that happens is it sheds some layers of selfishness. That that when we pray for one another, that we just stop looking and trying to say, hey, it's all about me and mine and who lives underneath my roof. That that when we begin to pray for one another, it, it sheds some layers of our selfishness. And I don't know about you, but I know that for me, That's something I need help with. Because for me, it's very easy for me to be a selfish person and to focus on me and mine. And it's one of the things that that happens when we pray for one another. When we pray for others, it elevates their needs. It elevates their needs to be just as important as our needs. It elevates them and it, it, it lets us know they're just as important as we are. And, and we need that. We need to know this. That praying for others, it builds your faith faster than just focusing on yourself. It happens. That, that, that we shouldn't be like, I really don't have time to pray for others because I've got I've to read this. And I've got to study the Bible. I, I, I need to be praying for myself and what needs to be happening with me. And yes, do both of those, but not at the expense of praying for others. That that One of the letters that that Paul wrote in our Bible, these letters that we call books in our Bible, was this letter Philippians. And he's writing the people of Philippi that he started a church there and led people to to know God through Christ. And now he's writing them as this follow up to having been with them. And so we're going to look at this in Philippians chapter 1. We'll start in verse 3. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. That as Paul thinks about these other people, that he, he's thanking God for them. Verse 4, whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. That is not out of obligation. There, there is a sincerity. That, that I've not written a book in the Bible. Not that you guys are going, oh, I didn't know that. you know? But, but, but if I had, I'm not sure that I would be able to have this line in, in a letter that I would write. If I was being honest, I, I would probably have a line more like this. That I'm somebody, when it comes to who I am, of whenever I pray, I make my request for most of you with joy. (laughs) I'm just keeping it real, right? And here's Paul, and he's going, "I, I so genuinely value each and every one. I pray for every single one of you, all of you, with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. You know, some translations, they don't say good news. They actually say gospel, because that's what gospel is. Gospel means good news. And you've been my partner in spreading the gospel, spreading the good news from the beginning, from the time you heard it until now. Verse six, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, this is something that I find interesting about Paul and his prayer life. Because for Paul, he's certain. He is certain that God is going to finish. He's going to complete. He's going to fulfill what he started in you. And that doesn't cause Paul to go, oh, because I'm certain that God's going to do that, I don't need to bother praying for you. It's because he's certain that God's going to do this that he keeps on praying for others because he is certain of what God is going to do another thing that we find about prayer is we find it from Jesus half-brother his name's James and he, and he wrote a book in our Bible called James and as, as we look at what he said James 5:16 he says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed whatever it is that's holding you back the sin and and, and some of us were like yeah, I, I, I don't know about that whole con- confessing to, to one another, confessing to each other. You know, I, okay, pray for each other. Uh, and the reason some of us, that, that we hold back on confessing to one another is because we're convinced that they're going to talk. But we're not convinced that who they're going to talk to is God. It's like, I'm going to confess this to you, but, and then you're going to go begin to gossip and tell others about what I confessed to you. And see, we're supposed to be confessing our sins to one another. This is actually something I do on a regular basis. I have an accountability partner, and I do this, but I don't fear that he's going to go and gossip. Instead, what I do know that he's going to do is he's going to pray for me. And that's why we should be confessing our sins to one another. Is Then we should be praying for one another based on what we know somebody's dealing with and struggling with. That, yes, when you hear somebody's confession... Yes, you should be talking to somebody else about it. But that somebody else, you should be limiting that somebody else to your Heavenly Father. And that you would go and you would talk to your Heavenly Father on their behalf, praying for them. James went on, he wrote, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. To which you might be thinking, oh, well, then I guess I don't need to bother praying <laughs> because it's, it's the prayer of a righteous person that, 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 that produces the, the, this wonderful results. Let me make sure that, that you know this, that if you're somebody that you bent the knee of your heart to Jesus, that, that, that you believe in him as your Savior, as the Son of God, then that, that your righteousness is not limited to your good behavior, to the right things that you do. That everybody that's bowed the knee of their heart to Jesus, that they receive his righteousness. That that, that's the righteousness that that, that we have, and God sees that because Jesus is the one that makes us right before God. So as James is writing, he's telling us about prayer and the, the value of it, that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power, and it produces wonderful results. So we need to understand that our prayer life, it makes a difference and it matters. Let's look at another passage in the book of Timothy, First Timothy. There's a first and a second Timothy. And um, just to see if, if you guys are pretty sharp, um, I just want to test you guys on your Bible knowledge that, that Paul wrote a letter to a certain individual that he was mentoring and in this book, 1 Timothy, that he was writing to this person called Timothy. You guys are sharp. I like that. So, so anyway, so 1 so and 2 Timothy, it's written to Timothy. And he's mentoring him. He's trying to help him grow up and be strong in his faith. And so this is what he shares with him. We're going to look at chapter 2, starting verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. That as he's mentoring him, he's wanting him to understand, hey, now that I believe in Jesus, what should I be doing in my life? First of all, I urge you, first of all, that you would pray, pray for all people. Listen, you don't have to be a spiritual giant to genuinely pray for others. That you don't have to be a, a spiritual giant to genuinely pray for others. I, I think when it comes to people who are believers, there, there are some people that they spend too much time and energy convincing themselves of why God doesn't want to hear from them. They spend too much time and energy convincing themselves that their prayers that they don't matter, they're, they're insignificant. And, and some of the ways that, that some of you are guilty of doing this is, is, you, is you tell yourself, I don't know where to begin. I can't pray because I don't know where to begin. Here's another thing some of you guys, you tell yourself. I can't pray because I don't have the right words. I, I just don't have the right word. I've heard some other people pray, and, and they got all these great words, and, but I don't, have the, I don't have the right words. Let me tell you. It's not about having the right heart, right words. It, it it's about having the right heart. That that's that's what we need to have when it comes to praying to God. I think I think another big reason why some people don't pray is that there's unconfessed sin that you don't want to deal with yet. I've got this sin, I don't want to confess it yet because I'm not willing to give it up, and so God doesn't want to hear from me, so I'm just not going to pray. And that is a lie from Satan that is too easy to believe. So we do, we we need to be praying that prayer, it, it isn't a tool just for those that are super close to God. Some of us, we, we, we kind of check ourselves out and say, I don't, I don't have to pray or, or, or God doesn't want to hear me pray because, because I'm not super close. Prayer is not a tool for those that are just super close to God. In fact, what you really need to understand is prayer is, is one of the things that will actually bring you closer to God. That it, it brings us closer to God when we pray. So maybe you're going, I, well, I, I, don't, I don't know where to begin I, when it comes to, especially praying for others. I, I don't know where to begin. Then I would tell you, begin where Paul told Timothy to begin. So right he says that he wants him to pray, and, and what's he wanting to pray, and who's he wanting to pray for, pray for all people, he says this. This is the rest of it in verse 1. Ask God to help them. That, that's a way that you could be praying for others. God. Will you help them? Over and out. <laughs> it, it, it's a way for you to begin. God, will you help them? Amen. That, that, that's all I got. Another way for you to pray what he told Timothy he says, intercede on their behalf. That what that means is sometimes you need to be praying things for people that they're not willing to pray for themselves. To pray for, intercede for them. That we would do this. And then also when it comes to the way that we would pray for others, what else could we be doing? It's this, and give thanks for them. There are three things right here laid out that he was telling Timothy as he's trying to mentor him and help him along that all of us could grasp and learn. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and thank God for them. Verse two, he says, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. We don't have kings in our culture, but we have people in authority in our culture. Pray this way for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. That we would pray for people in authority so that we can live peaceful lives, quiet lives marked by what? Godliness marked by this and dignity and this isn't limited to just praying for the president it's not limited to just praying for the vice president it's not limited to just praying for the governor the lieutenant governor or a mayor a congressman, a senator, it's understanding there are people in authority in our government and what should we be doing? We should be praying for them. And Paul believed that people with different beliefs could live at peace with each other if we prayed for one another. Could you imagine how the political climate could be changed if every believer prayed for people in authority? That that we should be doing this and it, it's not necessarily going to mean that everybody's going to all believe the same thing. But it would mean that we would be able to get along and live at peace and in dignity. And he taught him this is one of the things that you should be praying. Verse three, this is good and pleases God, our Savior, and who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. It's good to be praying for others. Praying for others doesn't just benefit others. You get some benefits too when you pray for others. So when we pray for one another, God grants us attention. Now he grants us attention when we pray for us, but we get to spend more time with God, and he grants us attention as we pray for others. That when we pray for one another, God grows us spiritually. That that, that we begin to grow as we care for other people, lift them up in prayer. That as as we pray for one another, God will end up guiding us. Wait, 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 God, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you about them. But the more time we spend with God in prayer, the more he's going to guide us. And it is a benefit that we receive. when we pray for one another God gives us answers gives us answers now I know that there's some people that that they would say you know I've got unanswered prayer and I think the reason that so many people say I've got unanswered prayer is because we take no and we put it in the unanswered category God gives oh he hasn't answered my prayer because the only answer I'm willing to hear is yes you know and so we hit, we take a no and we say oh it's on, no it, it that that's an answer. Sometimes it's not even a flat out no. Sometimes it's a not yet. It's, it's a timing thing. It's it's a, no it's, it's it's not yet. Later yes but 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 it's not yet. But when we when we pray for others God gives us answers. I think that this particular one another action this this pray for one another. I think this one might be the one that that some of you are are tempted to dismiss for one reason. Your your spiritual maturity. I'm not spiritually mature enough. I don't don't know enough. And so this this one, it it just really, it doesn't apply to me so much. And you might be tempted to, to think that. It might be because... You're going, I, I, I'm not even a believer yet. I, I'm not even convinced of who Jesus And so you're I, why why would, I, why would I do this? You might be somebody that, that you're a new believer and going, I, I just don't know enough yet. Why, I, I can't start praying for others yet. I still need to figure out some things on my own. You might be somebody, you're, you might be a returner. You're somebody that, that you kind of turned your back and turned away from God. And, and you've been away from God and pushed back from God for a long time. And, and you've just recently returned to, to wanting to be connected with your heavenly father again. And go, I'm I'm just returning and I'm I'm not sure that that I should be doing this yet. And and we do, we we get tempted to to chalk this one up as I just don't know God enough and I don't know the Bible enough, so I don't think that I should be praying. Well, one of the things that that when we look at our mission strategy as a church, that that, that one of our mission strategies is that we want to equip believers. That, That we want to take people that are already convinced of who. Christ is and we want to equip them and help them grow in their spiritual journey and so yeah we can do that in the main service here and yeah we do that in our journey teams that's a great way to do it too yeah it happens when when somebody volunteers and they start doing some things to where they're growing because of how they're serving others and that happens too but but another way that that we're going to be doing this is what's called growth track so we, we we did this just at the near the end of the year last year and and, and we pushed this out. We said, hey, let's, let's, let's do a soft run of this. Let's, let's evaluate. Let's figure out what we want to do and tweak it. And, and so we are next month going to be rolling out our, our growth track. And growth track for us, it's, it's just four tracks. And so each week will be a specific track. And what we're going to do with growth track is growth track, we're going to offer it five different times this year. As far as each one, every time we do it, it'll be five different months that we'll keep pushing this out. Every time we put it out for a month, we will get all four tracks in that month. Each week will be its own growth track. And each week builds on the other. And so if you make it to a growth track one and two and you miss week three, part three, you know, then, then you would just wait until the next time it comes back around and take part three, and then you can take four again. But, but what are those? Those growth tracks are this. It, it, one, it's about belonging understanding what it means to, to belong with your Heavenly Father, to belong in community with others. It, it's, it's belonging, that, that we're going to be looking at, at that particular one. We're going to be looking at essentials. So what, what are these essential things that when it comes to the Bible and who God is, these essentials that I need to understand, I need, I need to know, and where do they come from? That we're going to be looking at purpose. What, what's my purpose, and how can I know my purpose, and how can I live on purpose and with purpose? How, how can I do that? And then we're going to be looking at teamwork. That, that, what's it mean for, for me to be in partnership and to team up with other believers and, and how can I be doing this and what is what does teamwork look like and so that that's what we're going to be doing with, with growth track and so we're going to start in February and it's just going to be the same pattern over and over again it'll always be the first Monday will be growth track one the second Monday will be growth track two and, and we'll just keep doing that every time we bring out growth track so we'll start in february we'll have it again in april we'll have it again during one of our summer months we'll bring it back in september we'll do it again in november and, and and as we keep growing as a church we're going to add even more frequency to when we are doing growth track to be able to help you grow spiritually and no more so jesus had this thing called the sermon on the mount it is the most famous sermon that he ever gave And and as he gave this sermon, he actually gave us something about prayer in this sermon. And I want us to look at this together. It's in Matthew chapter 5. We'll start in verse 43. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you, pray for those who persecute you. So he tells us that that we need to love our enemies and we need to even pray for those that persecute us, that we would pray for them. So when it comes to praying for one another, I want to give you four specific ways that you can pray for one another. The, 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 there's four ways. They're not gonna be on the screen. And so if you want to take notes, you're just gonna have to tune in and make sure you get these. But but when we pray for one another, when we pray for each other, when we do this, that one of the things that we should be praying for is that we should be praying for people to know God. That we should be praying that people would know God. And and specifically, what do we want them to know? Pray that they would know the heart of God, the heart of God, that they wouldn't be people that they would just get some knowledge and and have some some things that they know, about, but that they would actually know the heart of God is one way for us to be praying for one another. Another way for us to be praying for one another is to follow God. Pray that that we would follow God, that, that many times in our life that that we come to a fork in the road and it's like, hey, I I can choose to go this way and that's really not the way God wants me to go or I could go this way and that's the way that that God wants me to go and sometimes it doesn't seem like it's labeled very clearly. Which way is God's way? Which way should I go? And so we should be praying for people to follow God, to know God's path. Pray that they they would be able to know God's will and that would be what they would choose to follow. They would take that path. Another way for us to pray for one another is that we would pray for healing, pray for God to heal. And you might look at that image and go, that doesn't seem like a healing image, but it is. Because if it's a, if it's a health issue, that, that too many times people get mentally crippled because of their physical issue that they're dealing with. And that we need to pray that they would be healed. And if that healing for them might not be a physical healing, but it just might need to be a mental healing, they could be healed in their mind no matter what they're dealing with. We can still pray for and ask for them to not be bound by their physical ailment. But we need to pray that they would be healed in whatever way God would choose to heal them. For some people, the way that they need to be healed by God is just the emotional burden that they're dealing with the emotional trauma that they have they've just not been able to get over and it locks them up and we just need to pray for them and pray that they would be able to have God's healing for some people we need to be praying for them because they've got an addiction and they just need to be set free they need to break out and break free from that addiction and we would just need to be praying for them that they would be healed by God and that they would be set free from whatever it is. That's holding them back. And the last one to share with you is that we would pray for one another, that we would do this, that we would be praying for people to have a community with other believers. That that, that we would pray for others, that, that they would be able to have a community with other believers. That there would be people that, that they, can, they can rub shoulders with and they can have spiritual conversations with and life conversations with and, and that they could be able to, to grow. They could, they could be people that they could study God's word together. They could, they could even pray together. They, they could share each other's burdens. That they would do this because they would have community with other believers. These are four specific ways that we could be praying for one another. Well, I want to end with one last thing. What I want to end with is I, I actually texted my daughter yesterday, and I told her I'm going to quote you in church this Monday. And I didn't ask her for permission. I just told her I was going to quote her. But it's on social media, and so it's fair game, right? <laughs> so, so this is a post that she put on social media. And and I don't really log in and get on social media hardly at all. But I get email alerts of different things. And I kept getting this email alert of people that were chiming in on something that my daughter posted. And so I went, went out there and I actually saw this. So she put this post on January 9th. The past month has been a good one. I finished my first semester of college. I came home and I celebrated Christmas with family and friends. My family and I went on our annual Colorado trip. I attended Passion... In Atlanta with my brother and some of our friends. It was so cool experiencing God with 65,000 other college students. Paragraph break. Tomorrow, I head back to CSTAT, College Station. I can't wait to witness what God is holding in store for me this semester. One last sentence, and this is really what I wanted to share with you. I would really appreciate prayers. For the spring. Now why would I share that? Because I'm going man. If I can get hundreds of people to pray for my daughter. No. I shared this for this reason. That we need to be growing. In the way that we pray for. One another. That we would be willing to pray for each other. But one of the ways. That we can help. Facilitate that happening more. Is if we would tell other people how they can be praying for us. Don't leave them guessing. Just share with people how they can be praying for you. That Miri, 18 years old, she's figured out the value of knowing I need to make sure that other people know that I need prayed for. Would you just pray for me for this spring, for, for this particular season? She she stepped into a a ministry that she's helping out with and standing out on the sidewalk and trying to share the love and hope of of Jesus with people and trying to get them to discover a way that they can really connect with God. And and that's one of the things. She knows that she's got a a big burden with a big class load and how big of a class load she's taken. And she's going to do her college in three years and not four. And and so she just knows all of it. And she she just puts it out there. I'd really appreciate prayers for the spring and that you and I could learn a lot from an 18-year-old girl. Let's share with other people. Let's let them know how we can be praying for each other, how we need to be prayed for. Pray with me. God, this prayer, what, what, a, what an incredible gift that you've given us to be able to connect with you and, and to be able to share with you our, our, our joys, our triumphs, our difficulties, our struggles. But, but beyond that, being able to share with you the things that we see about others that we just want to lift before you and ask you to be the God that would show up, that there would be that great, big, huge God, and that you would show yourself and that, that you would be someone that would take care of the needs of others. God, help us to to not be so selfish, to shed some of those layers. Be concerned enough about others that we would spend time with you on their behalf. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.